From the Standing Stone Farm Studio right outside downtown Nashville, it's time for the most ridiculous sports podcast in the world. So sit back, relax, and listen as Bobby Butler and Brandon Bond crack open a cold one and talk all things hockey, pop culture, and complain about everyday situations. It's the Pucks Out Podcast on the Penalty Box Radio Network. Welcome into another episode of the Pucks Out Podcast. I'm Bobby Butler. He's Brandon Bond. Hey, You can find us in the three majors of social media at Pucks Out Pod. Now let's crack open this cold beer and let's get after it. We got us a nice little assortment. It was basically yeah. what was left in Brandon's fridge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't forget, you can find us on What a Maneuver to get all the apparel you need. Find us on Patreon to see all the behind the scenes content. And go subscribe on YouTube and hit that bell to find out when all the new content on videos coming out. And we do want to say happy Juneteenth to everyone out there, or otherwise known as Freedom Day. But uh, how are you doing this week, bud? Doing pretty good, man. We just uh, got done with your birthday party this weekend. I uh, have, have put on all of my quarantine weight back. I had to have had like 45 pounds of lobster and crab, so... <laughs> And strawberry shortcake. Yeah, I was <laughs> Lots gonna of not, beer. I was not going to mention the strawberry shortcake because I had an amount <laughs> that I am not pleased to say that i have your see the problem is your mom bought all those little individual cups and so it doesn't feel like you're <laughs> yeah. eating a lot but when you have like eight of them <laughs> it becomes it becomes a lot so uh but yeah just just working man just you know getting through the week getting ready for for your mom's move coming yeah. up you know uh aka your Our mom's moving but brandon's getting a new studio is <laughs> it's essentially what, what what i'm excited for what about you buddy anything anything good oh man just finally get over the hangover from my uh my birthday that was uh haven't been that uh, shit faced in a long time. You're such Pumps a college. You're such a punk, dude. <laughs> I uh, I I got I got I came back on Sunday uh, after we got back Saturday night and worked for three and a half hours. So <sighs> it was rough. I'm <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here and pretend to you that uh that I didn't struggle through all three and a half hours of that work that I did. <laughs> so <laughs> all right, so let's move into some uh, news and notes from around hockey. Uh, the fa- NHL Phase 3 begins July 10th as of now, and pretty much that means full training camps. Don't know, haven't heard yet about uh, players from overseas or in Europe what their situation is going to be, but obviously that's a pretty big deal if you can't have any, you know, Finnish or Swedish players. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, um, I'm looking forward to kind of see what, see what happens with that. Obviously. You want everybody to be there, but I'd more like to determine how it's going to affect me and my team. And yeah. if it's positively, <laughs> then you know what? They need to stay in their country. You know, you can't yeah. be risking international travel. But if it's going to be, you know, bad for us uh, overall, then obviously we got to find a way around this. <laughs> so what you're saying is you only like immigrants if it's good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> That that sums it up pretty well, Bobby. Thank you so much for, for saying that. I mean, I'm gonna make a sound bite out of that. <laughs> uh all right. So what do we uh what else we got on the old on the old list, man? Uh, not some... much in the hockey world other than that, you know, with uh coronavirus, but outside the NHL we got some news. The MLB and the MLB Play Association still cannot find ground on the prorated salaries deal. Uh, of course they can't because no, and, it's, it's baseball. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and it's come out. I think Manfred uh, said that uh, he's, it's not 100% that there's going to be a season. Yeah. I mean, he would love. I mean, honestly, if there's one person 
that it would be great for that there was no baseball this season, it would be Manfred. Because what he's hoping is, by next season's roll around, people will have forgotten that he absolutely allowed a team that admitted to cheating to continue to hold their World Series title. So, yeah. uh, baseball, as usual, coming in um, completely horribly. Uh, we've talked about this before, but baseball is like literally a sport where you don't even have to have any yeah. contact with anybody. Um, so, that is uh, that is amazingly amazing that they can't find anything but not surprising at all uh, I, i'm i'm very frustrated with baseball because again i'll watch some baseball playoffs but i'm not gonna watch the baseball regular season but i'll tell you right now if baseball regular season was on I, i'd be watching it like a like a hawk man yeah. i'm telling you we do have some breaking news real quick from NHL. The Buffalo Sabres have fired general manager Jason Botterill, and I'm looking to see who they hired on. They didn't make the playoffs in a 2014 format. <laughs> okay. Okay. What what kind of grade did we give the guy? Because, I mean, this is really going to be determinant on us. I mean, it had to be like uh, a uh, – we can go back. I'll go back and look while you uh, while you try to find out who – They've hired if they have. I would imagine they probably haven't hired yet. Uh, so uh, Kevin Adams. Kevin Adams. Uh, Pretty generic name. I'm not sure about it. Well, it's it. not spelled generic. Kevin is spelled K-E-V-Y-N. Ooh, so, throwing a Y in there. Yeah. So that's not, you know, obviously that's uh, that's better than the generic name that I thought. Uh, I guess it was probably episode 20, huh? Let me go in and take a look and see. Canadian While you do that, we'll uh, talk. We'll go back to the outside. Uh, it came out that Zeke had had or has COVID nineteen. One of the uh, Dallas Cowboys players to have it. So once again, we're seeing more and more of these players come out who have it, but yet they're not doing anything as far as oh, we're just going to keep training camp the same. At some point, you know, if they just start training camps in this news, I mean, how many players have not had it? How many players who probably don't have the best ironclad contracts have not come out and said they have it for risk? Well, uh, maybe being and, told not to report. And you know, you know how I felt about it. I think they should just give it to all of them, and you know, <laughs> the survival of the fittest yeah. type of deal, and then seclude them on an island, and they all play games throughout the week on this one island. Uh, but some uh, some news to the news that you just brought up, the breaking news. We gave him a D minus, so I don't yeah. want to say that so the Sabers. I don't want to say that the Sabers listen to the pod. That's what but we're I can't say that they're not listening to it. I mean, they obviously, uh, you know, I mean, we're two episodes, three episodes past this, and boom, their GM's fired. That D minus, that really, I think that that solidified <laughs> it. They were already thinking about it, based off of everything that we said throughout yeah. our our discussion of the Sabers, but. And in fact, they wanted to do it the week before our episode, but I had a phone call with them, told them, "Hey, Say, let look, let us kind of we're about to drop the tent, yeah. you know, and then that way we can get it out to everybody, you know, all your Buffalo fans that are definitely listening <laughs> to us." Yeah. And so that'll kind of like ease the blow. They're like, "Oh, Bobby and Brandon throwing them a D minus. This doesn't bode well for him for the future." Yeah. So you're welcome, Sabers fans. <laughs> but all right, so this week we are talking about best tradition in sports. What a great, uh, what a great thing topic to talk yeah. about. We kind of did some top five, yeah. and we, yeah. But here's the thing: we could talk 
hours about this. We, yeah. When we were making our list, we were like, we could just do this all day. We have a, an extended list of honorable mentions. <laughs> yeah, which I think is longer than our actual like top five that exactly. we kind of did. Yeah. Exactly. We should have just done like a top 50 each. Yeah. And then we probably still wouldn't have had enough room and had to throw some honorable mentions yeah. on there. But um, why don't you start us off with your number five, man? What did you all have? All right. So um, this is a tradition that started in the 1940s. It's hats on the ice for a hat trick. Uh, the little origin quick about that is in, ter- in Toronto, a haberdasher, which is, by the way, an awesome word. Always yeah. love that word. I mean, sweet word. Yeah. Uh, he gave out free hats to the players who scored three goals. And so it started happening. People just start throwing hats on the ice. Yeah, there we go. And and unfortunately, now you have to give up your hat. Uh, there, There's really no way to... To give out hats to everybody every single time that yeah. uh, there's a potential hat trick. So, yeah, but obviously one of the most well-known traditions in sports, one of my favorite all-time commercials was an NHL commercial. And it's the – and it's as terrible as this is, this is how good the commercial was. It's this Blackhawks fan that's at the dad – at the dad – at the game with his dad, and his dad buys him a hat. Okay? And so, like, then the story progresses through the whole – through his whole life, he's at work wearing the hat. He's, you know, going places wearing the hat, and it's ratty, and it's beat up. And it's a Patrick Kane hat trick. And, you know, the announcer, and Patrick Kane gets the hat trick. And the guy takes his hat off that he's held since a kid that since he was a kid that his dad gave him, and he's looking at it, and it's all ratty and beat up. And it was not even a question at all. He tosses it on the ice and it was just one of those cool things yeah. that like everybody wants to toss a hat on the ice for a hat trick. I've done it. Yeah. Have you got to do it before, oh, Bobby? Yeah. yeah I mean, it's amazing. Victor Arvitz. And the worst part was I will remember that game forever. And it was a seven, four loss for the Preds, but yeah. <laughs> it was, it was amazing. You know, it was just a cool experience to be a part of. We've been a part of a lot of hat tricks, but depending on where you are, Sometimes you're not going to be able to toss your hat on the ice. And so I think a couple of the ones that we've been at, we've been behind nets. Yeah, that's and where so, my season tickets are, so that's usually where we are. And so thank goodness because, the, I mean, you know my opinion. Don't wear a hat to a game if you have access to throw it on the ice, if you ain't willing to throw it yeah. on the ice. You know, you got to carry yourself a hat trick hat. Um, okay, so my number five, and this is not uh, – you're not a fan but yeah. but to me, it's one of the coolest thing in sports because it's not really recognizable early in the game, but throughout the game, everybody's aware that this is happening. And that's not talking to the pitcher when they're throwing a no-hitter. You know, you just don't talk to them. And some pitchers don't like that. Some They want, them, they want people to talk to them. Some are very, very old school and want you to, you know, to stay away and don't say anything to me. But it's very funny to watch the pitchers that don't like that try to go up and talk to people and people just like he's got like he's got coronavirus <laughs> away from that guy. You know, uh, I just think it's a super cool and odd tradition uh, that in sports that especially with how superstitious baseball is, we'll probably never die. 
Unless Manfred kills it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of like superstition. Like tra- I'm cool with like some people having like superstitions, whatever, each their own. Don't like it. Like when it creates into tradition, like at what point does the no hitter really like if he just goes three up, three down in the first, is that now a no hitter and you can't talk to him? Uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I think there's a pretty established rule. I think if you hit fifth inning and okay. he's still, still no hitting. Cause I mean, that also seems can... like a hassle. Like if the coach needs to be like, Hey man. And well, if, he's I... like, no, you can't talk to me. And I'm not super sure if it's the, I don't think it's the coach as well, but I think it's like a more of a avoidance of talk the play. Because, I mean, at this point, who wants to be the guy that talks to the pitcher and he messes up that next inning? Because baseball is so superstitious, a no-hitter is a, is one of the most impressive feats in sports to me. Almost as impressive, uh, maybe a little bit more impressive than actually getting a hit in baseball which is amazingly impressive hand-eye skill coordination that it takes to do that is ridiculous and these guys are doing it at a a 30 percent clip throughout the year but to also not let a guy get a hit for the entire uh entire inning or entire inning entire game is amazing to me. So, uh, so the no hitter plus what it, it, it what it actually represents, uh, that that may had to make my top five. So, what do you got at number four, buddy? Man, as a Notre Dame fan, I could not put this on there, and that's the Notre Dame play like a champ sign. You know, whether it was in Rudy or just every you know well, game day, every high school that's ever played football also now yeah. does the play like a champ. I mean, that's. The depth of this, this tradition yeah. to the point where... And what's where, crazy is you would think like this tradition started in like the 40s. It started in like the 80s under Coach Holtz, who literally saw the sign in a magazine. Dr. Lou, Dr. Lou. And he saw it in a magazine and said he wanted it, couldn't find it, so he just asked somebody to paint it. And luckily, what's awesome is the person, she, she? The person who painted it, had, well, she was smart enough to keep the copyright to it and the trademark. That was super so smart every, of her. So everything that anything sells with Play Like a Champion, she makes money on. Anytime that she just is like running a little low on fun, she just runs and finds a local high school and says, <laughs> yeah. let me see your field house, buddy. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah that's, uh, that's obviously a really good one to the yeah. point where... It's a, hard, a lot of people have no idea that it's a Notre Dame tradition. That's yeah. how deeply entrenched into sports yeah. it is. I will say, though, I do hate <laughs> it. And one of my high schools was this way, where they overdo it on the things you have to tap. My high school, there was eight things you had to tap on the way out of the locker room. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to tap this uh, tap this bench. You're going to want to tap your locker. <laughs> tap this keg. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, obviously you lose the meaning if you, yeah. you're just, you just tap. Look, we don't know. We won a game. We tapped a bunch of stuff the other day. Just tap it all. And the way it was, like, you walk out of the locker room, and it's, like, not like a straight line. It became, like, a snake. Yeah. So you've got, like, 40 guys and a little snake, like, re- going around the room, like, touching, like, each Go. year they won the state. Yeah. Every every logo. Go ahead and tap the cash register to get the guy back his money for his hot dog. You know, like, yeah, exactly. That's that's where traditions go from being traditions to just being a burden. And yeah. it's not, like, I don't even get why we're doing this type of deal. If you keep it simple... You do this thing. We've always done it. It's cool. It's a cool tradition. But when you start building on the traditions, it's yeah. it's more, come on, man. We're coming from the 80s here. <laughs> all right. Awesome. So uh, my number four is one that is, uh, again, the 80s. Apparently, sports traditions were born in the 80s. The Gatorade bath, dude. 
you know, what a cool thing. And they've really switched to to water. I I personally would never have became a head coach when, you know, their Gatorade color is red. First of all, that's way too sticky. And yeah. I'm going to need a shower immediately. So I'm glad they've kind of switched to the water, but really just the dumping of the of the liquid onto the coach's head. And it's even, you know, sometimes they expect it, but it's always better when they don't. You know, they just yeah. they just catch it and they catch a headset full of, you know, Gatorade. They got yellow Gatorade in their ears for days. They're ne- never going to get out. That actually started with the 80s and the New, uh, the New York Giants. Um, so uh, what a cool tradition that's, that's obviously kind of carried across multiple levels of sports now. Yeah. I think our, one of the funniest things I've always seen is when like players like spill it before they get to the coach. Oh yeah, you'll yeah, see like two kickers, best. like a punter and a kicker, try to pick it up, and they just like spill it the other way, and they're just like, oh, there's none left. Or the coach sees it coming and like avoids it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because like I feel you, like it's just you know we are we won. Yeah. That's what I've I seen was Coach O do that a lot, where he like looks back and he just starts sprinting ahead. He said, "I'm sorry, if you a Gatorade." Like, <laughs> I'm like, "Whoa, buddy, I'm not gonna dump this on you because I'm not sure if you threatened me or not." <laughs> Uh, okay, what do you got at number three, man? I, so, I really like your number yeah, three, by I'm the way. I'm not going to go into it. I'm going to leave it to you, but just Auburn War Eagle. What yeah, an dude. awesome tradition. We'll talk about it in a little bit because you've got it on your list. Yeah, it, it made it up there. It was uh, <laughs> it was on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, number three, you went with the hockey and uh, the hat tricks. My number three is the playoff beard that kind of started in the 80s. And for those of you that don't know what the playoff beard is, essentially when your team hits the playoffs – no more shaving. So I think this year we're going to have some pretty fierce playoff beards because the playoffs were announced so much <laughs> yeah. earlier than the actual playoff. So I'm wondering if they will be keeping up with tradition and nobody's been shaving. Well, I would according imagine to our so. polls on Twitter and Instagram, the answer is yes. It's like 83% of our fans said, yes, playoff beard starts. Yeah. I mean, you got to start the playoff beard. Uh, um, yeah. So playoff beard, obviously uh, a great choice and uh, pretty fitting for what we'd like to talk about and what it, what will be coming up. What is your number two? I actually like this one a lot too, buddy. This was a good call. The Lambo Leap. Yeah. Which, when I actually did some research, I, I didn't realize that it only started in 93. Yeah. Reggie White picked up a fumble, recovered it, uh, lateral it, Leroy Butler ran it in, and did the first Lambo Leap. And it's just so solid, man. Yeah. Like, well, and it's, again, one of those that have like transcended. Like It's called the Lambo Leap, so most sports fans knows what it is, but it there are people that do it across all teams now. And yeah. Uh yeah, so Lambo Leap. Uh obviously we are only picking old traditions that didn't start very early. Yeah. <laughs> uh okay, so my number two is uh is Clemson's entrance. I love Clemson's entrance where they they get in the bus and they drive around campus and they're rocking the rocking the bus and then they come in, they they touch the rock and then they wait at the top of the hill and actually come in through the stadium down the hill to the field and i've actually driven on clemson's campus before and they call it auburn with a lake because it's got a lake and the guy that designed (laughs) auburn designed clemson but dude it's just the way it is you drive by the football stadium and you're like level with it and you can see down into it and so what a cool tradition um 
college football in itself is just so entrenched yeah. in tradition that we could have done a whole episode on just college and football traditions. And hey, I'm not ruling it out because I won't say no to it. Uh, but yeah, so Clemson's entrance, really cool to me. Really love the college football tradition. You guys have heard me say before, college football is my favorite sport. And it's it's about the name on the front of the jersey when you're playing college football, not the name on the back of the jersey. And so that's why some of those traditions just get so entrenched in that, that university. Uh, so Clemson's entrance is my number two. You have your number one coming up. Yeah. Are you ready for some football? Bum, 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 bum. Man, growing up, you knew it was Monday. It made Mondays a little bit better when Hank would come on the screen and get you ready for some football. Um, they took I'm them ready all- right now, yeah. buddy. I'm going to tell I've you. I've got goosebumps now. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm ready for a Redskins-Dallas game on Monday night. But uh, I'm ready for some good football, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they took them off, I think, in like 2012. They brought them back in 2017, uh, and I think that was a great call. Uh, for a while, they had, was it Carrie Underwood, or they had somebody... When it wasn't Hank Williams, I didn't care. <laughs> that was pretty much my feeling yeah. of it. You know, like, I feel you. Like, you, you know, he's getting older. Dude, it's just like four words, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously, man. I mean, what a, what a, I mean, Monday Night Football in itself could be on the list yeah. because it's such a cool, cool tradition that like really came around. Like, it was one of the few games that were nationally broadcast that everybody could watch and and see this game. And so when ESPN really started that, you know, Mondays are no longer the worst day of the week because at least you get Monday night football out of it. And so, yeah, I mean, hard to argue with that. Uh, Obviously my number one Auburn's war Eagle. And for those of you that don't know, buckle in, I'm about to give you a little, little short story. Basically, what it is, is right before the kickoff, they will release an eagle and it flies around the entire stadium while the fans are, you know, they got their shakers or whatever, whatever you got in your hand. You say, whoa, eagle. And when they land, that's when you're saying eagle. And so you do it for the kickoffs and you do it for... Uh, you, you do it for that, the Eagle flying around, but it actually dates back and going back to the nineties again. However, this is going to, we're going to the 1890s. And so <laughs> this is a story tradition. Uh, Auburn, Auburn, first time Auburn met Georgia and you'll, you'll, if you're a fan of college football, you'll know that Auburn versus Georgia versus Georgia is the Deep South's oldest rivalry. There's been very few years that they've not met. I think some war years they didn't meet and stuff like that. But um, And so the first game, a eagle centers, uh, centers around the spectator, around a spectator who was a veteran of the Civil War and uh, stands with him that day. And, as, and the eagle... Uh, was the old soldier that had found on the ba- found on a battlefield during the war. And so it landed in the middle of the field and they called it the war Eagle and tradition is stuck. You, you always know a real Auburn fan. If you say war Eagle to somebody, they know you're an Auburn fan. You don't say go Auburn, you say war Eagle. And they, 
reply war dam or war eagle or or wde or whatever but if they say you know oh okay yeah not i'm not a guy that's saying you're not a real fan i'm just saying you don't necessarily yeah. know the traditions of of auburn so war eagle uh besides the fact that it's so cool you're in there with in, in jordan hair with 88,000 90,000 people with especially nowadays with that 50 yard jumbotron which is awesome but it's also you just watch the jumbotron yeah. the whole time cuz you're closer than than you would be if the person was standing next to you uh but we both got a bunch of honorable mentions and I figured we're not going to really go back and forth on this let's just bring up some of our honorable mentions that we can talk yeah. about man so my first one is Nick from LSU. For those of you that don't know, uh, go look it up on YouTube. It's pretty much suck that tiger dick bitch, and the band gets behind it. it it's a it's so fun to listen to. I, I want to experience it one day. The one LSU game I went to, which was Notre Dame versus LSU at, uh, uh, I guess at the time it was LP Field maybe uh, for the uh, Music City Bowl. Mm-hmm. They didn't do it. Yeah, which they had, but it's it's dope. Yeah, that's a that's a great one. Um, uh, since we're gonna since we're talking college football, and I know that we probably got a lot of fans that will agree with us. You're not as much of a fan of this particular uh, tradition, but UT's power tee is awesome to be, and it's more of a when you're at the game seeing it with a hundred seven thousand of your closest friends. It's pretty. It's pretty entrenching. It's very goosebumpy, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, to to kind of see that that band come up and form the T, and then and the Vols run through it. So I, I really enjoy the power T. But you were speaking of LSU, and so I guess I'm going to stick with some college football. The LSU uh, LSU bow to the defense, and when they make a turnover or make a great play, the fans will on each row switch back and forth bowing and just watching it is so awesome to see all them bowing in unison like that. So that was one. I don't really know if it's their tradition of theirs, but it was at least something that they've been doing for a while that I've, I've really enjoyed. So I wanted to toss it on my honorable mention list. That's dope. So next I've got hockey handshakes, man. Uh, especially it's usually after playoff wins, sometimes after like winter classics and stuff, uh, winners and losers will shake hands. And I've never been big on like, you know, they always, like, I hated in high school. They made you like, they forced you to shake hands with the other team. Like, I think it's silly. I got into a altercation one time in our handshake line. (laughs) Yeah. That, that punk shouldn't have stole my jacket though. I'm not going to get into (laughs) it. I'm not going to get into it here. There's another time and place. (laughs) Although when I have a microphone and it's recording, isn't this the time and place? But go ahead. Go ahead. So, yeah, but yeah, but I think it's great after a seven-game series or usually maybe a five-game series. I think it's cool to see because you see a lot of – so much emotion goes into that game yeah. that it's good to see them just say, hey, all right, at the end of the day, this is a job. We're getting paid to do this. Just, so like, we just yeah. breathe it out, like win or lose. Like this was such a this was such a battle. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I completely agree. Um, so another one of mine – Cutting down the net. Uh, what a cool b- tradition in basketball. Uh, started in the 1920s, and so it's continued to this day. And uh, pretty much every level of, of, of sports that we would watch, any type of big championship, you're going to see somebody cutting down the net. And then they 
prominently display it where wherever they put their championship trophy or whatever. So I think that's a cool one that obviously is not a top five tradition in sports, but it's definitely one that you got to mention, right? Yeah. Harry Carey, one of the great announcers in baseball. One of the few things about baseball that, like, I understand, like, that that is a tradition. Holy one, is that, is yeah, that him? Yeah, I think so, yeah. One cow. day the Cubs will yeah. be in the World Series or in the World yeah. Series. I mean, every baseball player, every baseball fan knows him, even if you're barely a baseball fan. Mm-hmm. You you know the legend legendary status that Harry Carey had. Yeah, absolutely. What a what a probably not a tradition since, you know, he was just himself. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> but I but I hear what you're saying as far as across sports lines. What a what a great figure in sports and, and not only baseball but all of sports. Um, rushing the field. I think it's super cool. Yeah. And I really love how like, uh, leagues are fining teams for doing it. Like, look, man, oh, we're going to fine you $50,000 for letting your fans rush the field. It's like, you do know we got like a billion dollar endowment that we just like yeah. <laughs> chill with every year. Like I go and Scrooge McDuck swim in this and it's nothing but just like receipt books of all the money that people have given. So yeah, so rushing the field is cool when it's done appropriately and people are making sure that people are not getting hurt. That's really why they started finding people. Uh, but it's, it's funny. And a lot of teams will do this now, especially at big games at Auburn. Normally they just have, the yellow the yellow security people kind of around the around the field what auburn at least they'll bring in like a literal wall of yellow security guards that just stand like side by side all the way around auburn stadium to like make yeah. sure you don't rush the field which is wild cuz all it would take i mean First off, they have the high ground. There are so many of them. Like, that is a tidal wave not of prequel. drunk college kids. They're not prequel fans is the thing. <laughs> yeah. um, like, if they really wanted to rush the field, like, it would take – they would, each one could maybe take down two, one person, and then they are just easy. getting trampled. Easy, easy. Well, you can tell the games that, like, Auburn-Alabama games, it doesn't happen as – I mean, they're just like, look, man, 15 bucks, 12 – 12 15 bucks an hour is not worth yeah. me catching this dude definitely has a bottle of Jack Daniels in his pants <laughs> yeah. that he will use as a weapon to yeah. get on this field. Uh so yeah, so that's uh, that's a super cool thing. Uh you got you got us another one? Yeah, I got three more. I got Seminal Chop from FSU. Not the biggest FSU fan, but man, it's so badass. Yeah, dude. When it's like again, it's just more of one of those goosebumpy things yeah. that that happens when you, you see know? the entire crowd doing it. And it, for some reason, it does lose a lot of power when the Chiefs do it. Yeah, well, I mean, because I think it's because it's pro sports and pro like those sports, kind of things. Like, goes, listen, I love I love pro sports more than college sports. Yeah. However, those kind of things, like when you like the wave or like. Anything like chants like that at a at pro football, it just doesn't hold the same because he's not. Hey, there's never as many people doing it. Never, never a fan of the wave. Right. I mean, I mean, yeah, know, the wave is dumb. Wave no matter where you do it, we'll but, talk about the wave. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I think the difference also is is like there's a big difference in having a game on a Saturday as opposed to a Sunday, where most people have spent hundreds upon hundreds of dollars on these tickets and you know thousands across the across the entirety of the season and they got to go to work tomorrow and they want to enjoy themselves or i mean you make it on saturday and you get bigger stadiums and you get 
co- college kids that are that are there and go to that that university and a lot of alumni that have ties to that university it doesn't matter how much you love the redskins it's a lot different than being a Redskins fan than it is cheering on your alma mater or the college yeah. that you've loved since you were a little kid, in my opinion. So, yeah, I mean, they can just really, really get into it. I, I completely agree with that. Uh, drinking milk after the after winning the Indy 500. Uh, you know, milk was a bad choice, obviously. <laughs> um, <clears throat> they should do that, champagne before the race. Yeah, yeah. Well, Lewis uh, Meyer, and I don't know if it's Louis or Lewis, um, but we're going to go with Lewis because, you know, he's driving cars. 1936, this started, and he all, and that, that was more just his thing. Like, he just enjoyed himself a good glass of buttermilk, you know, on a hot day to refresh. <laughs> it's like, Lewis. He actually carried it in the car so it was nice and warm. If, if, if he was driving today, it would be in one of those hydration packs. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, Obviously, just like a more of a weird tradition that just I felt like needed to be brought up. And I mean, having gone to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, talk about some traditions. What yeah. a fun, fun event. I've told you a couple times, you've got to go back. Um, we need to go to it because it was just so much fun across the whole weekend. Concerts and you can bring your own beer in and depending on where you're sitting, you know, I mean we were sitting right in front of the pits. So like, yeah, we got videos of just cars having to slow down and come in. And it was, it was yeah, awesome. Dude. And here's the thing, like, you know me, I've never been a big NASCAR fan. However, after the recent like updates they made to the sport recently, they've earned my patronage. I will hundred percent. I will, I will cut up some jeans into shorts, well, <laughs> go on a wife beater and I will be there. Let me say though, Go, there is a even a, even if you're not a fan of the sport, you are a fan of spectacles like yeah. myself. And so, going to a race, it is completely different yeah. than watching it on TV. Yeah. I'm totally down to rent an RV, sit in the middle there, and just watch it. Oh yeah, I want to. I want to spend a week tailgating the Talladega. You know, when we get a little bit of money, when this podcast takes off, and we we start doing our NASCAR segment. I think it would be so much fun to just tailgate. I, I, it's Bonnaroo for rednecks, dude. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm in for, you know? Um, so, yeah, uh, obviously, obviously, that's a, a great idea. Yeah, you got a couple more for us, I think? Yeah, uh, I'm going to actually move the one I was going to do to the end because I think it's the b- best one. Mm-hmm. But heckling Mike Milbury. Every yeah. single fan in hockey I've seen I've seen Ducks fans, Blackhawks fans, fans that I will fight all day and night with on social media. We all have one thing in common: our hatred for Mike Milbury. Find the common ground. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, look, we can all hate Mike Milbury because he's terrible, and, yeah. it, and it's to the point now. It doesn't even matter if he's praising your team. You don't want to hear that. Yeah, you don't want to hear that. And I mean, after the Preds lost in the Stanley Cup, they got like nationwide praise because the guy who was just ch- the drunk guy yelling at Mike Milbury in the stand saying, "Get the f out of Nashville, you hack!" <laughs> it was it was great. I actually have three more. One I'm going to kind of brief by just as one that we probably need to mention. Not touching the Stanley Cup. Until you've actually won the Stanley Cup. That is a cool, odd, strange tradition to me. But it's one of the few sports where, like, when you win it, 
your name's on it for an extended period of yeah. time. And so that's actually really cool to me. So like the fact that an NHL player will never touch the Stanley Cup is dope. I'll touch it because I'm not planning on winning it. You yeah. know, I'm not trying to curse myself or anything like that. Ten years from now, after after another great war and we're on the team and they're like, yeah. well, guys, why didn't we win? Did one of you assholes touch it ten years ago? I'll say, <laughs> yes, that was me. I'm so sorry. I, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea that uh, that 95% of the population was going to be wiped out and pro hockey was going to be left up to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do one more. Well, I picked be- another one if we – Okay, even us cool, out. cool. There you go. There you go. So go ahead. Um, a tradition unlike any other, the Masters. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's cheating to pick an entire <laughs> event, but yeah. I mean – I mean – And I would obvi- – I would if, if we were to narrow it down though – I would go between either, I think, Jim Nance just bringing yeah. you into the Masters or the green jacket itself. I'm, I would go Jim Nance. Of what the two. A, yeah. And I mean, obviously, Jim Nance is, but he's eventually going to die. No offense to anybody. I'm so sorry to say that to you guys, but. But the green jacket will live on. But it's such We're a gonna weird We're going to Futurama. Thing. It'll just be Jim Nance and a head and a, that and a bowl. would be perfect. <laughs> and that would make yours correct then. But the green jacket, because it's so Welcome weird. Welcome to the twenty one sixty six Masters. <laughs> it's it, it remind the green jacket reminds me of the time we did a uh, recruiting event at Putt Putt, and so I actually to go to Putt Putt, I brought my my golf bag with my uh, with my wedge and my uh, and my putter, and had uh, had one of the guys carried around for me and caddy. But I also went and bought, went to Goodwill and bought a green jacket for it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so we called it the Mini Masters, obviously. But yeah, the green jacket is so weird because in any other setting ever, you're like, I'm gonna get a green jacket. What are you going to a Christmas party, buddy? <laughs> but like, you see a green jacket now, and you're like, did that dude win the Masters? That's dope. Yeah. You know, if you win the Masters multiple times, I think I would make one my everyday coat because I think I, think I just that- found our group Halloween costume to New Orleans. Just winning the match. We just picked different Masters. Two, two Masters winners in our caddies. Oh <laughs> yeah, no, they're not gonna like that. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm totally interested in it. <laughs> it's Obviously. gonna get turned around, and we're gonna be the caddies. Uh, exactly. We gotta feel it out. <laughs> we got to tell them caddies get to wear dope things. Yeah. Um, okay. So my other one, college game day, Lee Corso putting on the, on the mascot yeah. head. And like, as much as, you know, I don't want to see Lee Corso put on my team's mascot head because obviously that, I mean, there is no real rhyme or reason to it, but what is his winning percentage? Do we know? I don't know. And I don't care, but usually Whenever he picks my team, we lose. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I would imagine it's great because he picked the sixty-seven percent. Yeah, because he. But to be fair, for like, there was a a time period of like four or five years where the Oregon Ducks were just like in college game day, like every day they got him playing like Tulsa, and he's yeah. picking the Oregon Ducks. Okay, but no, I'm, it's such a cool tradition, and it's such a great way to bring in Saturday morning and used to it started at nine and then they realized how much people loved it. And so like, I'll literally wake up at six 30 and watch all of college game day before watching football that day. So, um, Lee Corso, you win it, dog. Um, well, you win an honorable mention. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not, there's no trophy here. So, yeah. 
Um, your all right, last so one. yeah, I had. Uh, well, no, I got two more. I thought right. Because you had three yeah, more maybe. Houston. So that is a chance at the at Premier League games. Yeah. Dude, they are so dope. And I love it when I was used to play FIFA and they would have the chance in the game. That's how yeah. I learned most of my chance. And, you know, obviously I'm a Manchester United guy. They've got some dope ass chance up there. Everton for life, baby. Go Toffees. Um, but then my final one, my favorite one, fantasy football draft day. Yeah. Like what a great, like you wake up, especially like, especially like either the first draft of the year or the last draft. Yeah. They're both just so much fun. Yeah. And I love it when like you have a full day of drafts. So you got like eight drafts in a day. You got all, you've done all your paperwork. You got all your paperwork and highlighters laid out. Uh, you know, I've got, you seem like, you seem like in the eyes of your significant other, you seem like. This guy's got his life together. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm about to spend all day drinking about 15 beers, eating hot wings, and picking guys for my fantasy world. That will that that all that all roster bait too for two weeks. Then realize in week two, oh, this is a horrible this decision. This is terrible. Why didn't I pick? And then you start questioning yourself, yeah. like, oh, I had this guy. I had a chance to get this four string yeah. running back. But I do on love the, the period round. between the draft and the first week. Cause you're just like every morning, you get every up, day. Yeah, you're looking. You're doing at a stinker man. tinker, you're and you're just looking uh, at it, dude. You're like, uh, you're like, I, you're like, I don't see yeah. how I can't go undefeated. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna this go undefeated in every year. league. This yeah. is the year, and it's funny because this is our first year of rookie drafts for uh, for dynasty league. Completely different feeling, you know, because yeah. like this actually matters. You know, I can't, yeah. get, I can't get really drunk while doing this because like. This decision will affect my life for a long time. And again, we understand that this doesn't really affect our life. But like, if you care yeah. about fantasy as much as we do, this will yeah. affect my All life. All for someone to throw a wrench in it, like the second pick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But uh, but a regular redraft day, super fun. We've had a couple of live in-person drafts and they're fun yeah except for the fact that you really have to acquire an additional person yeah. that knows about football so they can put and the it's always annoying the when there's always that one guy on speakerphone who's like so can someone just tell me the board who's been picked yeah no no we cannot <laughs> uh you should have come down from ohio kyle <laughs> okay okay uh yeah you brought up some memories there <laughs> Um, so my final one, and I'm not sure that we can technically classify it as a sports tradition, but I'm classifying it. The remember the Titans warm up, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Dope. You know, I mean, this is something that, as you said earlier to me, Titans fans have been trying to reenact on the bridge across, uh, going across the bridge to the stadium since it came out and yeah. like still haven't figured it out type of stuff. But yeah, I mean. Just so cool, just you know, everywhere you go. <laughs> and you know, you just you just yeah. hear it, dude, and ooh, ah, oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I feel like had to throw that one in there. Denzel, you're my you're my man, dude. And if look, if you don't cry while watching Remember the Titans, I'm questioning you, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, Gary Bertier? He died. He died for you. And then his mom shakes Julius's hand because she sees the error of her ways. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm getting teared up just thinking about can't it. Can't you man. see? We're brothers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can't you see, Alice? Can't you see, Alice? We're brothers. And then, you know, you got you got Hayden Panettiere in the background, or Hayden Panettiere's older version of herself through that movie, speaking in the background and at the very last line. You always remember the Titans. 
All right. So we're going to take it from the most serious thing that we've talked about all day to joke of the week. Joke of the week. You found this one. I found this one. I'm not taking cred. It's absolutely insane. It's ridiculous. Um, Geronimo. Uh, yeah. Idaho drops beavers with parachutes for airplanes. And this isn't some weird, like, and it's not from the onion. No, <laughs> but we, so, we saw videos of it. Yeah. So back in the 1950s, Idaho had a population boom after the war. And but here's the thing. Idaho has like a massive amount of beavers. And they went from Idaho and not like not like the, the local strip club, but like <laughs> the actual animal, the beaver. Idaho went from like 75 people to like. 450 people like yeah. real quick yeah so but they realized they're like well i want to build here but there's beavers here should i build over there no 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 no. we're gonna build here so yeah. and instead of being like well should we move the beavers naturally i don't know man we still got a bunch of planes and parachutes from the war <laughs> you know what you know the u.s government wasn't able to get the beaver black ops team ready in time but we got these leftover shoots. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's drop them And we them got in. a bunch of beavers who just hate Nazis and they can't, they're not ready to acclimate to regular day life. They just got, we got to get them out of Idaho. Well, at least a little portion out where, where the 17 people are. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would, I really would have liked to have been in the meeting where somebody's like, how are we going to move these guys? Somebody's just like, I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't listen to Dave about putting on just some heavy gloves to deal with the claws in a van. Yeah, uh, should we uh, should we transport them in uh, in a truck? Dave, are you are you kidding me? What a stupid idea! We're obviously gonna parachute them into their new habitat. <laughs> yeah. Like I, you know, like they're just like, hey, get to it, <laughs> you know. He's the beaver's like, are you freaking kidding me? You yeah. moved me in this instance. He's like, this beaver was living in like New York City. And he's like, dropped off in Idaho. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He's like, I built a metropolis for myself. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what the hell? Like, that's my whole life's work. So I would imagine there was like a rise in beaver depression. You know, oh, yeah. after that, they're just like, damn, dude. Well, so I'm just reading some of the issue was at, they started building and all the amount of beavers who had been in like that area for centuries were just destroying homes. Just eating the homes one by one yeah you decided to live in idaho okay (laughs) they claimed it okay this was like a lewis and clark so when i originally read this i read uh they they dropped a guinea pig to see if it would work and in my head i forget that the word guinea pig is also like they used like they used they tested but i thought they were dropping literal guinea pigs i'm like that seems like a weird he did bring it up to me he's like they dropped guinea pigs Like, yeah, the guy that means like, now listen, we tested it on guinea pigs. Well, if you drop guinea pigs, you got to drop two because they get really, really lonely and they start self-mutilating. Okay, so. But so they dropped Geronimo for test and they dropped the same beaver like 15 times. He definitely got CTE, dude. (laughs) Because the first 10 times they were like, all right, let's just no box because they put him in a box and then put a a parachute on the box. They're like, let's just throw him out with a vest, maybe. See if he lands. He's clearly cool, though. (laughs) Yeah. They tested him again. I am, uh, you know, and and in normal circumstances, you know, I don't I don't want to lose anybody that would potentially be a listener because we're a sports podcast and we're not trying to go across any lines. You know my feeling on losing PETA listeners, okay? So if you're a PETA listener, obviously boycott me and boycott Bobby. I mean, if you want them to boycott you. But what I've found is like if PETA hates you, yeah, 17 
people now really, really yeah. dislike you, but everybody else loves yeah. you because even animal lovers, for the most part, know about all the trash that PETA brings. So, yeah. PETA, this one's for you, okay? But, however, good news, by doing this, they saved most of the beaver population, and they've actually increased the beaver population tenfold since the 50s. Don't ignore that fact, Peta, because that's what you generally do. Okay, so um, yeah, so obviously this is a, obviously a good thing. Yeah. Instead of just destroying habitats and being like uh, and having beavers go the way of the bison, yeah, they're like, hey, let's save them, but let let's do it in like a super dope way. Yeah, <laughs> and the reason it's just not coming up is so they they fifty years ago they were filming it for a, a special called Fur for the Future. Don't know why they thought of that name. Yeah, no. I mean, the <laughs> 50s, that was pretty in, in, in Yeah. In, and then it got canceled, and then it got rediscovered in 2015 and it was released to the public, and now they've started making t-shirts. There's a tagline that says that uh, the beaver uh, beavers dropped it like it's hot to survive. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you know, the beaver is, the, is Oregon's uh, state animal, and so the Oregon state beavers are... And so the Oregon State Beavers were in the College World Series a few years ago, and all their fans had this dope shirt on that said Beaver Fever. <laughs> yeah. And so I own one of those, obviously. I think I remember seeing that a long time not ago. A, not an Oregon State fan. Don't care about college baseball. But that shirt, though, you yeah. can sell me on a good shirt. <laughs> but, all right. So we are going to go ahead and jump straight into questions from the internet this week, because we still haven't done our homework. We'll do it this week. No promises for uh, for X-Men. So why don't you uh, read us a question from the internet? Okay. And uh, for me, super easy. But would you rather be hairless or never be able to cut your hair again? Easy. Never cut my hair again. Me too, dude. I'm, I, I, get a good, I get a nice little flow going. Because you're talking about eyebrows. You're talking about, like, everywhere, right? Like, yeah, you look like you got alopecia. For yeah. sure. Now, obviously, like, does this exclude, you know, getting hair plugs and stuff and all this stuff? Mm, get it, man. <laughs> Is that me or you? I have no idea, but I love. I think it's me. Yeah, it's definitely me, dude. <laughs> mm, mm. Not cutting that Don't out. Don't cut <laughs> it, dude. Don't cut it. <laughs> People are going to be like, that was awesome. Yeah, man. we might get copyrighted, but. <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Well, we didn't play 30 seconds of <laughs> yeah. it, you know? And I think it was like some some BS ad, so we're yeah. going to be good. Um, okay, so so obviously for me. You've seen me, uh, I've, first of all, I hate getting a haircut anyway. So if you could literally tell me I never had to. That's wild, dude. Because, so like, I love like the process of getting a haircut. Like yeah, It's just I so refreshing. You just feel like a new person. Now, like when I was, grow I was going my I hair I like who I am as a person anyway, Bobby. <laughs> so I don't want to feel like a new person. I like feel like me. No, I'm, and look, don't get me wrong. I don't hate the process of having a new haircut. I hate the process of getting a haircut. Just like going so and it's mostly why I started growing a beard because I hate shaving, you know, like, yeah, I'm one of those guys that I like my time to be fake productive in my mind. Yeah. Like I want to be drinking some beer with some friends. It sounds like stuff. you needed a new barbershop. You need to go I see don't my barbershop. Yeah. You need to go see my boy Tim at next gen free yeah. plug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was he out your way? Oh, he's in Murfreesboro. Yeah. So you get Maybe. off work, you get yourself Maybe. There. Maybe. I might go see Kyle, though. Jen's yeah. boyfriend. Uh, I talked to him, and he hit me with the best barbershop line, too. I was like, hey, man, you cut good hair? And he's like, yeah, I cut all sorts of hair. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, boom. That's uh, That was good. That's and solid. so, like, a good barber joke goes a long way for me. But it's mostly just because, like, and I think it's because... I got such weird, thick hair that some people just don't know how to cut it. 
but Kyle seemed like he knew what was up with it. So maybe, but again, you know, I get that flow going, dude. You know, I get told, uh, you know, I've got a lot of different people that uh, I've heard I look like. When I get the get the long hair going, Jesus, Rick Grimes, I got um, so, but yeah, I mean, that sounds like a TV show, Jesus and Rick Grimes. Yeah, that's <laughs> that was that's gonna be a late night show. <laughs> Conan O'Brien's gonna gonna bring him in. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, if especially if I like didn't have to get a haircut and or I couldn't get a haircut, then I could just be like, people are like, you need a haircut. Be like, uh. Did you not hear about the question from the internet, Linda? You know, like, <laughs> Listen, what the Linda. hell, buddy? Like, you're not a podcast listener? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously, especially us two, we we look okay with longer hair and beards, you know? Yeah. Some people, this would be probably a little different for. Yeah. Bruce Willis? Eh. Right, dude. Yeah. If Bruce Willis started getting wooly bully, you'd be like, <laughs> Come on, Bruce. Yeah. Come on, B-dub. <laughs> But all right, so let's move into this or that. This or that. Live one life that lasts a thousand years, or live ten lives that last a hundred years each. Question: Do you? <clears throat> I got a lot of questions actually. <clears throat> Does the one thousand years? Are you like kind of like gridlocked at like a certain period, or yeah. do you like get elderly? Uh, you no, you 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 get to choose an age, and and maybe like, oh, or maybe wow. like you like you age. So like relative to the one thousand years. So maybe sure. like the, at, when you're sure. at nine hundred and ninety nine years, you're an old man. Okay, so there's like a percentage but, gap. Yeah. Like okay, so I mean, if the average lifespan is seventy four, essentially, what is it? But like, for the mid like four hundred, well, yeah. hundred years, you're essentially like seven. Though, do we want to say that bad. you pick, that you pick that like you pick a year? If you pick the age, I think it's pretty easy yeah. for me. You know, so I think okay. So let's say for the purposes of our discussion to make it an actual question, <clears throat> you age normally relative to a thousand years. Yes, but see, in that case, then a hundred years you would you would only like be like seven point four years old. Yeah, if my math is correct, and please don't correct me on my math. But let's say like that's tough. A uh, thousand years. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could just say you, like, hit your peak of your life, and then, like, that's how old you are forever. You know, so that way you get to, like, age up to, like, 30 or something or whatever, whatever you consider the peak of your life. Like, yeah, the 200s, the 350s would be, like, the peak, I assume. Yeah, I would say, well, yeah, I mean, the the actual peak of the thousand-year life, but I would say, I mean... (laughs) It's hard to argue with like 30 to 35 where you're like still kind of young, but you got a little bit more money for your life. Oh, that's so tough because you also on the 10 lives and live 100 years. Do you know which life you're on? Let's say you start off. Do we want to say you start off with a clean memory each time? Oh, okay. If you do that, then it's easy. Thousand years. Thousand years, dude. But if I know that I get to like give different attempts at life. All right. So you get, you you know, you get different attempts and you get to choose, like you get to create a character each time. Okay. Yeah. No, obviously uh, that would be, that would make it. Maybe this life I want to be like. um, You get to kind of pick the type uh, of person you are. Like. You get a, a certain amount of character points. Obviously, yeah. you don't just get to like max out. You're not, max this isn't out. Madden. You'll get the 99 down the board. Right. You get you can learn skills and stuff throughout your hundred years. 
I mean, I'm about to be 29, dude. And uh, I thoroughly enjoy my life. I think that everybody, everybody knows that. There's always those few things that you like, oh, well, what if I like really tried hard doing this when I was younger? Where would my life be type of stuff? Yeah, I think I could take a couple of those and like actually give it a real go yeah. at being something. Yeah, when I first read this, I thought it was going to be easy. Live, yeah. live a, but well, now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, man, you spend a thousand years knowing that it's going to end at one point, and like for 300 years you fear death. Well, only that, not only that, but I mean, what really kind of makes life worth living is all the folks that are around you and stuff. So like you're literally going to see all your friends die and you're yeah. going to make new friends and stuff. Now, wouldn't be hard. You could just be like, bro, I'm 400 how yeah. dope is that like obviously we're gonna make friends but like we would have to exp we would have to experience a lot of death of people that we knew yeah. and love i think i gotta go with the 10 lives that are yeah, 100 no, years i think dude. i talked to myself i think we talked each other into that because i when i came in it's like oh this is easy then i'm like oh maybe well not so it was the changing of like actually knowing that you're like got another life coming yeah type of deal so and like the creative really character thing definitely changes it too when you'd get a new group of folks you yeah. know each time and like i just really hope that i'm not a blackhawks fan in one of these lives <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was going somewhere else when you first started that <laughs> <laughs> yeah other people maybe but like me like i really really just don't want to be a blackhawks fan you know like yeah live in chicago maybe <laughs> but be a blackhawks fan no, I don't want that. I don't what if want you, like, that you, for anybody. You realize, like, you're born, then you realize, shit, I was born in Detroit. This, I'm, I'm getting raised in Detroit. Ooh, <laughs> I could be a Tigers fan, you know. And I mean, the Malice at the Palace. Obviously, yeah. the Pistons are dope. Yeah, no, I think that the, I think that on, on upon initially reading, the thousand year life is awesome, but like. You know, like, I guess you continuously get to live those thousand years with 10 lives at a hundred. Like, I feel like a hundred's a good stopping point. Like, yeah. I'm done. Like, I want to start a new game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that we came in thinking a thousand years, uh, live a thousand years. But I think we kind of ended up at both at yeah. 10, 10 lives for a hundred years. So, yeah. So now let's move into what are you binging? Uh, I've been watching a lot. I just found I'm about to finish season one of Legends of Tomorrow. So dope ass show, so man. So good. Better. Better than any as much as I love the Flash and all the storylines in the Flash, dude, I think Legends of Tomorrow is the best of the group. It hasn't gotten it's gotten better than Arrow. Hasn't gotten better than Flash yet. Yeah, it will. I, I'm just at where Flash is about to fight Zoom. Oh god! Ooh, I love Zoom, dude. Yeah, you Zoom know. is dope. Yeah, Zoom is dope. I think there's a, there is a villain I'm waiting for him to fight. Hello, no, Flash. And that's I think Savitar from the. Oh, uh, Savitar! I, I know do, him from the comics. To be fair, the the villain portion of Flash of all the Flash seasons are so dope that it's hard to beat it because yeah. of like how they all like correspond and like come up to yeah. the end. But, like, as a storytelling uh, ability, and, like, you're just about to finish season one. Of Legends? Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's super good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. But I feel like it's one of the weaker seasons of season Legends. One? Yeah. Because, okay. it, because it takes so much to build up this story. 
and to get the full team together. Yeah. I'm waiting for them to bring Reverse Flash into Legends at some point because like he's a major part of the future, and he they just ignored him through the first season. Oh, did they? <laughs> Yeah. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, super excited for Gorilla Grodd. I tried watching a little bit of Supergirl, and I was like, I'm, I'm just not digging it. Supergirl is really weak in the beginning too, and it gets yeah. a little better. Now I have a thing that says like you should watch this episode with this, and so like yeah. with the f- finest crossover, where like uh, yeah, you Barry gotta watch went, the Barry went to Earth two by accident. I, yeah. I went ahead and just jumped to episode eighteen of Supergirl to watch that episode. Yeah, and you can do that with these shows because while they tie together, they are loose 45 minute episodes where you could watch an episode and unless it's like a pretty pivotal point in the season yeah. you're not missing a lot and especially those crossover episodes because like yeah you're gonna miss a few things here and there supergirl starts really weak but it actually got pretty strong by the time i was i haven't i'm not caught up or anything yeah. but i was on like season two or three and it becomes as long as you can suspend your disbelief of the but uh, like all superhero movies or shows, Supergirl gets pretty good. John Jones, Jimmy yeah. Olsen, you know, like the characters that are in it become. I just want. More I wish they would bring GL at some point into the into the story. Green Lantern. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, mean, I, not in anything that I had seen through yeah. the through those uh, through the Arrowverse shows. Uh, mine, I haven't been watching many new things other than what I've talked about the past few weeks. So, had to bring up one of the, f- I mean, because I literally watch it every single night of my life. Boom, boom, ba-na, boom, ba-na, boom, ba-na-na. Forensic Files, dude. Yeah. And I heard, you know, I heard the 2.0 isn't bad, but... It's no freaking Peter Thomas, dude. And Rip, bro, the best narrator I've ever heard. Like, he could narrate anything. He's better than Morgan Freeman to me. I've never had somebody so get me so interested in a crime that I could care less about. And the problem is when you tell people you're a forensic file sleeper, because that's what I consider myself. I'll throw it on before I go to bed and it's just let him put me to sleep. You know, Jim was next door to his next door neighbor and he had a bunch of gasoline and matches on his floor when the police came in was he the one that burnt up his neighbor <laughs> you know just like you're just like yeah probably but like <laughs> i don't know and so everybody everybody every single time because I'll even, if I'm not like at home or something to watch Forensic Files, I'll just go listen to it on the podcast because that is literally all I care about is just listen to Peter Thomas tell me about Jim catching his neighbor on fire. They'll always try to sell me on some true crime podcast or something. Oh, you should listen to this. You should listen to this. And it's like some actual stuff about actual crimes, dude. Like I need a 23 minute. This is what happened. This is where we went. This is what we did. This is the killer. Boom. 23 minutes. I don't want to listen to some hour-long thing about an actual crime. I just want Peter Thomas to tell me real quick, in a quick synopsis, of how they did it. You know? Yeah. So that's that's more my thing. Forensic Files, <clears throat> forever and always. Yeah. So I've been drinking. I drank a couple at the party, and that is Tailgate's Imperial Peanut Butter and Jelly Stout. Yeah, it was a solid I, beer. It was okay to me. It was more, it was more sweet than I like. It was very, 
heavy on the jelly, less on the peanut butter. Yeah. I went with the other beer that we were drinking at your party, the uh, the Imperial Peanut Butter Milk Stout. Because if you it's like, too, yeah. because if you like the peanut butter milk stout, then who doesn't want four percent more yeah. alcohol in it? That was basically <laughs> that was the difference. I think I gave it to you, and you're like, "This is good." I was like, "Oh yeah, it's ten percent." And you're all like, "Oh." <laughs> I wasn't like, "Oh." I was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> you know? Yeah. So the uh, the Imperial Peanut Butter Milk Stout, uh, super good. Uh, the peanut butter PB and J wasn't bad, but it wasn't no. wasn't my cup of tea necessarily. But all right, guys, it's time to find out what's snapping our stick. Uh, why don't you start us off with your sports one? Baseball's seventh inning stretch. If you have to have a stretching period during your game, your sport is too long. Okay. And for all of those that are going to be super ticked at me. Oh, no, that's when they play Sweet Caroline. Again, it's baseball. You can play Sweet Caroline any inning. And so, yeah. Probably have enough time between pitches to play the whole song. You could play, yeah. You could have, you could get a whole Neil Diamond concert set up if Nomar Garcia Parra is at at the plate. In between his pitches, you could do Neil Diamond songs each time. So, yeah. So, um, baseball seventh inning stretch. If you have to have an inning to stretch, then you have gone too long for your game. So especially since all of baseball is a stretch, like you can just stretch through that the whole time. Like snatch my stick, dude. I mean, yeah. you know, but you know my feeling on length of baseball games. Oh so. yeah. So mine is, I call it screamer without a cause. This is usually at hockey games. It's like you're coming at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, Listen, I am all for screaming and hollering when it's called for at hockey games. Absolutely. But just middle of like 12 minutes left in the second and there's nothing going on. And you just hear, there's 12 minutes left. Yeah. And you just hear ran, like, random dude just yelling for no reason. It's like, dude, come on. And it's time and, and place. And I want to hit you with this because I feel, we, feel like we have the same thing. It's not just randomly screaming because that can be super funny in the right context. It's continuously randomly screaming about stuff for no reason. Shoot it. And I think that that kind of plays onto your shoot it guy. But the screamer that just needs to scream like, yeah, I mean, that's a good one. Or like the ref hasn't called a penalty in like five minutes and he's still just heckling the ref. Yeah. Like, like, dude, yeah, we we get it. We get like refs aren't great. There's appropriate heckles, you know. A good toss out a comment when it's quiet can always land yeah. if you hit it right. That's my that's my specialty at a game. Oh yeah, you know I love uh, doing. I had one and I had uh, during co- in college at Austin P. I would do that basketball games right before you shot the free throw. Exactly, and they were a little inappropriate. Can't say them on the pod, yeah. but they were dope. My my favorite was your mom doesn't love you. you yeah, know? because like <laughs> while it's you don't have to bleep it or anything. That dude is going to be very upset about that, yeah. you know, and and to the refs, like, it's more when it gets quiet. I want to tell him, hope you, you know, this is why your mom doesn't want you home for yeah. Thanksgiving, you know, and I just hope you like, have a lot of traffic on the way home. <laughs> exactly. Like, I just like to hit him with like some regular stuff that's like really going to ruin your day. Like, I hope your, I hope your socks are wet in your skates, you know, like that's going to ruin that guy's day, but like not kill him or anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a great one. So mine, um, I don't know if it's too serious, but um, some people would probably find it serious and offensive. People that think it's illegal for you to film or take picture of them, pictures of them in public. Like, um, you can't take my picture without my consent. It's like, 
Karen, you just walked <laughs> yeah. through the entire mall where literally every store has cameras yeah. and stuff. And like now that you've started berating a little kid, you don't think I'm able to film you anymore. And my favorite is their comeback. It's like, well, now I'm going to film you. Like, yeah, okay. That's, I mean, you're allowed to do that. Like yeah. if you, if you don't want people to know the ridiculous things that you're doing, then I probably would not do it in public. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, like this is a mall, all right? This yeah. is a street corner. So, and so it's more of the fact that, you know, you can not like people filming you or taking pictures of you, but as soon as you throw out that, you know, you don't have my permission to film me. Like, like, good, I didn't ask. <laughs> like, look, I can literally walk around you behind you at the mall today and film you just doing whatever because, you know, this America, buddy. Yeah. You know, uh, that's a that's a little thing called the First Amendment. So it kind of ties into yeah. one I did a few weeks ago. So I'm, I'm really doing types of people this week because my mm-hmm. next one is the dude at a party who whips out a guitar and starts singing. I like, thought you were going to say whips out something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, listen, I'm that guy. <laughs> uh, but no, so the guy, and he's always like, he's always got like, a, oh, uh, I got a, this here's my own song. It's always want to hear Wonderwall. Like, <laughs> yeah, Wonderwall is the, is the hit. I mean, there's only really one way to handle it. And I mean, it's Animal House. Style. Animal House yeah. taught us, taught us well. Okay, Jim Belushi showed yeah. us how we handle this. Can I see that? Boom, boom, just right against the wall. Yeah, and I mean, now let me hit you with this: the dude at a regular party that busts out the guitar. What are you doing, bro? It's almost a requirement at a bonfire party, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you see what I'm saying? There's obvious exceptions, but there's here's the thing. you got good, though, to do it. Like, sure. And you can't play Wonderwall. And even if it's requested, you have to be very hesitant to play it. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, not that we ever went to many parties where guys busted out guitars, but, like, we can imagine how yeah. annoying that would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because usually I don't put myself into those situations yeah. to begin with. Situationally, it snaps your stick yeah. if you were to come across it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've been doing this for 22 episodes now. I think we're almost exhausted. Things we complain of, almost. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, we have and we haven't. Because yeah. like, we're always... The problem is we think of things all day, every day, every week of our life, and we don't write them down yeah. is the real problem. I mean, just on the way here, I thought of a couple because I was on customer... I was on on call with customer service. Mm, so I'm customer like, service, always bad. Yeah, and always there's like bad. four different things you could talk about with customer service, phone, sure. phone lines, yeah. Well, better better jot, jot that down yeah. in the brainstorming doc, man. But, alright guys, it's time to wrap it up. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Pucks Out Podcast. To see what other ridiculousness the guys are up to, check them out on Twitter and Instagram at Pucks Out Pod.